evidence and answers. The diagnosis of cancer is so tough to grasp. Unless you've been there or close to someone who has or has had cancer, sometimes it can be very hard to relate. Ruby Ovet has dealt with this firsthand. Finding peace through the journey can be a struggle. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, we will hear Pat interviewing guest Ruby Ovid. Ruby has dealt with cancer head-on and now serves on a team to minister to others affected by this deadly disease. If you're unable to hear any of this message, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Here's Pat with part one of this interview with Ruby Ovet. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith in Christ and present biblical answers to the challenges Christians face today. Well, one of the greatest challenges we all face is the problem of evil and suffering. And of all the worldviews, only the Christian worldview provides a reasonable answer to the problem of evil. And it is the only worldview that can provide any meaningful message of hope, even in the midst of the suffering we encounter in this world. And for you, our regular listeners, you know that we present the logical answers to the problem of evil, but we also provide wise words of hope that can give you hope and help and help walk you through those dark times of suffering that we all encounter. And here today is a guest who has journeyed through those dark valleys and is here to share with us her experience and the lessons she has learned, but also godly words of hope and inspiration. My guest is Dr. Ruby Ovid. Ruby was born in the Philippines, the youngest of five brothers and two sisters. She graduated with honors from Philippine Normal University she was awarded the East-West Center Scholarship from the University of Hawaii and received a master's degree in educational administration. She went on to further study at Stanford University and Columbia University. She also received a Doctor of Ministry in Christian Education from the Hawaii Theological Seminary. She served as the elementary principal of the Hawaii Baptist Academy for 40 years until retiring in 2012. And one of her most valuable ministries is that for the past 20 years, she has led a support group for the divorced, widowed, and separated under the sponsorship of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. So God has used her to minister to hundreds of hurting individuals, and she's here today to share what the Lord has taught her through these many years of ministry. So Ruby, thank you for being with us here on Evidence and Answers. Thank you, Pat. It's really very meaningful experience to be with you today. Yes. Now, Ruby, tell us briefly how you came to know the Lord growing up there in the Philippines. Well, it's really unusual. When I was 13 years old, there were missionaries who came to my hometown in Mandaluyong, Rizal, Philippines, and they were Baptist missionaries. So they were going around the town broadcasting that there is pre you know, food and free lessons on the Bible. And so I was motivated. I was interested in the sure. food. Yeah. More food. <laughs> yeah. And so my friends and I, we boarded the jeepney that took us to the church, the Mandaluyong Baptist Church. And you know, Pat, for the first time, Mrs. Shot, the name of the American teacher, held the Bible. And she said, I'll give you a lesson about this book. And she started a lesson about Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. She used a planet board. I was so enthralled because I've never heard the Bible before. 
So she finished the story, and from then on, I said, I want to attend this church. And also, I wanted to learn English. I was interested in English. So the following Sunday, I attended, I attended. Finally, Mrs. Shiat said, if you will attend 13 Sundays straight, I'll give you a free Bible. That was a great motivation for me. So I attended, but on the 12th Sunday, I got sick, so I was not able mm. to attend. On the following, after one week, I went back to church. I said, Mrs. Shot, where's my Bible? I said, I'm sorry. You missed one Sunday. You cannot come back. Oh, wow. You know, uh, you cannot have your Bible. So I was so mad. I did not attend the church for about maybe several months. Then finally, I, I said to myself, I better go and get that Bible. So I attended Sunday 13 Sundays straight, and on the 13th Sunday, the lesson was Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I asked Mrs. Shad, what do you mean by these things? She said, anything that is good for you, good for anyone, no one will be hurt, it will make you happy. So I said, good grades? She said, yes. Good friends? Yes. Good life? Yes. Anything beautiful, God will give that to you if you are a Christian. So how do you become a Christian? Well, you have to accept Jesus in your heart and tell him that about your sins, and he will forgive your sins. So that Sunday, Pat, I, when the invitation was called, I went forward and accepted Christ. Fantastic. And then after, tell us about your journey through you know, high school and college and how you ended up here in the state of Hawaii. Well, I finished high school. I was an honor student. And then I went to college. I was an honor student again. Then finally, one teacher said, if you really study hard, he said, you know, why don't you apply for the East-West Center? And she gave us an application form. So I filled out the application form, and then I submitted it. And lo and behold, I was one of the 18 students selected from among the candidates all over the Philippines. So I came here in 1969 to get a master's degree in educational administration at the University of Hawaii as an East-West Center scholar. Excellent. Then you did great and went on to further study at Stanford and Columbia and eventually became the principal there at Hawaii Baptist Academy. Yes. I, in fact, I was offered a PhD at Columbia University, but I wanted to come back to Hawaii. I wanted to go home. I really did not want to stay in America. I wanted to come home. And when I came home, I graduated from the University of Hawaii and Dr. Crossley said, why don't you apply for practical training? I said, Oh, I don't want to do that. He said, you have to, you know, you have 18 months of practical training. I was scared that he will not pass me. So I went to the library and looked for resources where to apply. And my friend said, you are a Baptist. There's a Hawaii Baptist Academy. So why don't you apply there? So I applied. And two weeks later, I got a a call for an interview. And Colonel Sagert, the president of the school, interviewed me. And would you believe... When he asked me, he said, why are you, how did you become a Christian? So I said, well, I said, I, there was a missionary in the Philippines who told about Christ, and I accepted Christ as my Savior, when, and, and I told him her name. Oh, my God, he said, you are a product of our mission work. Wow. So he stood up and hugged me, you know. 
path, who would believe that? You know, that's amazing. The, yeah, the providence know, of God. The providence of God. You know, I just, I just could not believe it. You know, so he said, so you are a Christian. You're. An, he said, yes. I said, I became a Christian when I was 14 years old. Wow! And also, you ended up getting married and having a family as well, didn't you? Yes. Uh, Dwight was also an East West Center grantee, and we, we met there. And he became a Pisco volunteer in Micronesia. So we were married in Micronesia. Then we came back here in Honolulu and started a family. Wow. Now, Ruby, while you were married and had a family and being the principal at Hawaii Baptist Academy, that's when the bad news hit you that the doctors had discovered cancer. Now, tell us how that news came to you. How was that discovered? Actually, Pat, I had no symptoms about my ovarian cancer. We were having a faculty meeting and I had pain in my left abdomen. And then uh, the pain escalated that at night, when that night, it was so painful, I was rushed to the hospital. And through the CAT scan, they found out I had a five inch by five inch in diameter, a big tumor in my left abdomen. So I went into surgery immediately for about 12 hours, and then the verdict was ovarian cancer, the aggressive type. It was very aggressive, they said, so they gave me a strong chemotherapy treatment. So no symptoms, just the pain on that day, and boom, that was it. Well, now, Ruby, tell us how did you feel when you heard that you had cancer? What kind of thoughts and emotions were running through your mind when you heard that diagnosis? I had surgery and I was brought to my room. And then before I knew it, Dr. Hirabayashi was holding my hand. And she told me in a very sweet voice, Ruby, you have cancer, the aggressive type. When she told me that, I was so quiet. I accepted the diagnosis. Mm. And then it was strange because when I found out, as if there was a very warm, feeling that came all over my body from my head to my toes and I knew it was God. I knew it because I heard him say, don't be scared. I am with you. I'll never leave you. So I was so quiet. Then the Dr. Hirabayashi said, oh, you are one of my patients who who didn't even cry or get mad. I said, doctor, I, I had peace. And really, Pat, when when I was told that it was very aggressive, that I may die, for the first time in my life, I said to myself, thank you, God, because I live a full life. My children were already over 18 years old, and I was ready. So I said, Lord, if it is your will that I will be with you, I have no regrets. And for the first time, Pat, I was able to say, I have no regrets. I'm ready. I was not scared. I had peace. I really did have peace. Wow. You know, Ruby, some people struggle with thoughts or emotions, you know, like, God, how could you allow this? Or God, why me? Did you ever struggle with thoughts or emotions like that? Yes, I did. But it was only for a few moments because I knew I will be with God if I die. I, I, I know that without a doubt. And also my children were already 18 plus. And so I was ready. Somehow I told God, Lord, if this is your will, I'm ready to be with you. Then I said to him also, but 
if you still want to use me, please heal me because I want to serve you more. Because I was still principal at Hawaii Baptist Academy at that time. So I said, please give me more years to serve you. I just left it at that. Wow, you know, Ruby, I know some people who kind of actually panic when they hear that they have cancer or some kind of terminal disease, and they actually begin to panic, and they break down, and sometimes they start questioning their faith in Christ or belief in God or the goodness of God. Some even begin to make you know, unwise decisions regarding career or their financial situation or family situation. You know, a lot of people, there's great fear there when they hear that kind of diagnosis. How is it that you had such peace in facing all of this? I guess, first of all, because I am his child and I know that if I will die, I'll go to heaven. And I look forward to being with my parents because they pass away and also my my brother, and also some friends. And I, I guess the other reason are my children were already old and they can take care of themselves. I've done my best. So I, I really like the idea that I'll be with him. And because I was successful in my career and I enjoyed my job as principal, I asked him, if you still want to use me, use me. And at that time, I was also doing the support group for the divorced, widowed, and separated. So I said, Lord, if you still want me, please heal me. So that was my, my pleading to God. Mm. And I think God gave me more years, even now, to do that. Now, you know, you went through chemotherapy and all those treatments that I'm, I'm sure it took a toll on your emotions and your mind and your body. How were you able to handle those difficult times where I'm sure it was physically and emotionally painful, not only for you, but your family watching you go through all this? Oh, Pat, it was the most painful experience I had physically. You know, the shooting pains, especially on my left abdomen, the blisters, the fiery feelings on my fingers and on the soles of my feet, the blisters on my face, on my neck, on my back, my tongue, could not taste food like food is like paper, you know, constipation. I could hardly hear. It was so painful because they gave me the most aggressive chemotherapy, most aggressive. The doctor said I lose my hair in within 30 days. You know, I lost my hair within 14 days. Wow. 14 days. And mm. when I went into chemotherapy, my treatment is every four weeks. I was in chemotherapy for four hours. Four hours. My. You know? Wow. And it was so painful. So one night I was praying to God. I said, Lord, if I will have this, please, this chemotherapy is killing me and weakening my body. Please strengthen me and comfort me. I talk to God all the time, you know. And also, I had infection. So in my room, it says, no visitors allowed. The only ones who can visit me are my two children, my ex-husband, and the minister. Only four people were allowed because I had severe infection. So because of that, I was isolated. And it was during those moments when I'm alone by myself that I began writing my thoughts and ideas. And that's how that book came about. That book was based on my being alone in the hospital and in my room, just being alone and just writing my thoughts. And it became that book. 
You know, Ruby, some people, when they're going through treatment or difficult times like that, they feel that God is distant or far away. Do you ever struggle with the, that kind of feeling? No, no. In fact, it was through my cancer experience that I experienced Him. I really did. For the first time in my life, I felt His touch. When I was diagnosed, I felt Him holding me, holding my hand, and talking to me. It was so beautiful. At night, as if He's telling me, Ruby, I'm here. Hold me. Touch me. I'll never leave you. And that's the strength that I had. That's why I, I don't say I wish I did not have cancer because it was through my cancer experience that I came face to face with my mortality, came face to face with God's love, real love. He really made me feel his strength. And that was the time when I drew even closer to him and begged him not to leave me. So beautiful. Wow. What advice would you give to that person who feels that God is distant? They feel abandoned by God. They prayed that God would heal them, and God didn't. They prayed that the treatment would go well, but things seem to get worse, and they feel that maybe God has abandoned them, or you know, they feel distant from God. You had the opposite experience, but what do you say to the person who's feeling abandoned, that, that God has abandoned them? The assurance of God is so beautiful, you know, and the serene spirit that you have, if you believe in God, the thing is, that person has to really put his faith in God, not faith in other people, not faith in someone else, but faith in the living God, because God said, I am here, I love you, I care for you, I made you. And when that person truly and sincerely believes that God loves him or her, it will be manifested in the way he looks at the reality of things happening around him or her. It has to be 100% faith. It has to be 100% that God really, truly loves me. Remember, God created us. And fortunately for me, I really, truly accepted him as my Lord and Savior 100% when I became a Christian. Yeah, well, Ruby, what advice do you give to those who discover, maybe just in recent days, that they have cancer or some kind of terminal disease, and maybe now they're sitting there questioning God? What advice would you give to them? I also question God, why me? You know, but it was not a long, it was kind of a short moment only, because I knew that God is the God of all circumstances, that God loves me, and that if I put my full trust in Him, He will carry me through. And maybe it's because I am ready to, to meet Him. Whether I am healed or not, it's beautiful for me. Maybe it's because, Lord, if you want me now, I'm ready. I'll be with you. And that gave me peace. Lord, if you want me to continue and reach out to others, help others, thank you. I'll be with you. So either way, I was not vacillating. It was just affirm in my heart and in my mind that whether I die or whether I live, it will be a beautiful experience. Yeah, that's kind of like what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, right? Where he says, I don't, as he's in prison, probably facing his execution, and he's sitting there saying, I don't know 
which one is better, you know, to live and to serve him or to die and be with the Lord? You know, and he says, I'm torn between the two. So Paul had peace even in the midst of facing great times of suffering. And seems like it seems like you had that same kind of peace and rest, even in the midst of facing a very difficult, unknown future for you. Oh, thank you, Pat. That's a beautiful. Yeah, I think that was it. It's just either way is beautiful. And fortunately, God healed me. Do you know that I was not taking any medication? No, wow. No, none. I told my doctor, I want to heal myself eating good foods. So no medication at all after my surgery. I began to change my diet. I began to exercise more. And I began to think more positively. I'm already positive, but as much as possible, I don't want it to linger in my brain or in my mind. I begin to appreciate more the life that I have. I begin to appreciate people that I work with. I begin to uh, really, truly believe that God has a purpose for me until the day I will meet Him. Yes, now Ruby, God had healed you of cancer, but not everyone gets healed from a sickness like cancer. You know, what do you say to those who maybe are realizing that I may not be healed on this one? It doesn't look like I'm going to be healed. What do you have to say to that person? I would say to that person to begin looking up to Jesus, study the Bible, and if that person is not a Christian, to go to speak to someone, to a minister, and how to become a Christian. That's why in my book, I added a chapter, How Does One Become a Christian? And do you know there were people who became Christian by reading that book? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And they were not Christians, and then they became Christians, and they had peace. One lady called me at the office. She said, Dr. Ovid, I want you to know that I was in the hospital when my friend gave me your book. And after reading it in the chapter that you added, I accepted Christ right where I was. Thank you. Yeah, and just recently, a lady also whose daughter read my book to her said to me, I have cancer too. And when your my daughter was reading your book to me, I can feel the peace that you have. And I, and I wanted that. And I began to believe that God has a purpose for me as a mother. And I'm beginning to see Jesus more. So... Actually, you know, Pat, it's only with Christ that you can really feel secure no matter what happens. Nobody will give you security. No one. Even though you don't have cancer, your security comes only when you have Christ in you. When you know Jesus is holding you, comforting you, strengthening you, loving you, and being with you. That's the peace. And when you have that, you are courageous. And when you have that, you feel that life is meaningful, whether it is short or long, whether you have problems or not. You just enjoy life as is, as it is. And you see life more beautiful, whether you are sick or not. My sickness made me see life more beautiful, more meaningful, and I love people more. Wow. Yeah, it's a peace you can only have yeah. in knowing you're right with God that your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life with him. What Paul wrote about in Philippians 4, 7, as Paul in prison facing his possible death, he writes that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
And it's only those who know Jesus, who have that peace that surpasses all understanding. So even in the midst of difficult times like that, Ruby, you had that peace and ability to face an unknown future. You know, I have been with friends and family members who have received the diagnosis of cancer who don't know the Lord. And the response was almost the opposite. There is tremendous fear and in many cases, tremendous resentment. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. Be sure to join us next time for the continuation of this exciting show. We hope you enjoy Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, books, and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit their website at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ, right here on Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers.